I am young, so it is not fornication if I choose to have fun occasionally with the opposite sex. I mean, even adults commit adultery, right? Those are the adulterated facts you keep telling yourself while doing adult-rated acts. And you fail to realize that you have been living in lies. Real lies. So as a young lady, you think your sins are worse than scarlets. It's a marvel how you're not Xavier, but you leave a trail of X-Men everywhere you go. Your skin color is yellow and all the other girls are green with envy. So you're MCN, but your face, whew, it's a glow. You're Slay Queen. You've killed every relationship you've ever been in. In famous like the insect, the black widow. Spinning continuously a web of deceit. But in your conceit, you just go on and diss it. You say to yourself, there's no web. There's not even a spider, man. And so you seem dead to the pool of conscience. But you're low-key waiting for the day the sun will shine. And thought is cold out of yours so you can hammer and wait Sunday. Now whether that be a Sunday, a Thursday, a Wednesday, you have no idea. Ignorant of the fact that you are the apple of God's eye, dear to his heart. That despite your mistakes or the trail you've left, every miss takes you a step closer to Mr. Right. Jesus. And as a young man, your father always called you. He said things like, look to the ant. Man has a lot to learn from his ways. So you took this the wrong way and you keep striving hard every day. Hustle, bustle, tussle. It's the definition of your life so far. And what? Because you want to get a car? You say to yourself, shoot me down, but I won't fall. I am titanium. <laughs> You're right. You're not even Iron Man. So what kind of life is this? When you walk under the sun and the rain while ignoring that nagging chest pain. So all of a sudden you're weak, dressed in your white shirt and black panther. Are you calling a doctor? Strange, you always act like you're invincible. Now you have to suffer in silence, be invisible. And it's incredible how one part of you could crush, be bruised. Yet the bulk is a hulk, saying red, ready to smash. To avenge what seems like a wrong done to you. I mean, you paid your dues, you deserve some accolades, right? Instead, you're cold, laid on the bed, frustrated. But in your lack of vision, you clearly need someone that knows the way. Jesus. You see, Jesus loves you. Jesus, you see, has always been there for you. He's not just your means to an end. Jesus in himself is the end. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I am Olajimo Kazui. A recent law school graduate, soon to be called to the Nigerian bar. I love to write. I love speaking. I love meeting new people and making friends, even though I tend to be introverted, as in I don't go out at all. And I love perfumes. I love chocolates and I love yogurt to the extent that I had to learn how to make each of those things myself. I like to draw and paint. And most importantly, I love the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's right. I'm a friend of the Holy Spirit, which means that that's where I find my identity. That's the source of my identity, my friendship with the Holy Spirit. I'm one of those people that have clear evidence that the Holy Spirit can and does speak to human beings. That is, he's interested in speaking to us. He loves to tell us things and all that. Yes. Yeah, so that's one of the reasons I started this podcast. So one day the Holy Spirit tells me, Jumoken, I've given you so much, right? You know where you used to be. You know how things used to be. And you're not where you used to be anymore. Don't you think that that experience or that breakthrough can help someone else? I need you to start something. I need you to start speaking to my children about your experience. I need you to start speaking to them. Give them a picture of what life can be like with me, okay? So, and then he said... I want you to start first with the podcast, telling people about me, bringing guests to talk about me, 
And as soon as I said it, on my week go. <laughs> because first of all, I told you already, I'm introverted, meaning that I don't like to put myself out there. I joined Instagram and Facebook recently because of that, because I have this idea in my head that, oh my God, I'm a very private person. I don't like, you know, putting myself in the spotlight, like things like that can be childish and all that. So him telling me to do something like this was a very, very, very disturbing thing for me. And even more disturbing for me was the fact that, what do I know? Who am I? I'm not even anywhere. Like I've not started anything in this, my relationship with him. I've not even touched the tip of the iceberg. I'm only just beginning, you know? So I was wondering, where do I start from? What do I start telling people? What, what experience do I have really that makes me worthy of talking to people to tell them about, Hey, look at my life. What life? What have I done really? But he told me, I want you to start with the little that you have. That little that you think you have might help someone. I mean, you've been helped so much already. So why not try to help someone else? That information, that experience, that knowledge you have might be the little that someone else needs to start. So here I am. That's, that's why I'm starting this podcast. That's why I started this podcast. So I'm going to start by explaining or giving you an idea of what my story is, why I decided that, okay, you know what? My experience is worth sharing. I need to tell people where I was and where I am now. I might never have, you know, raised the dead or <laughs> maybe done one huge miracle like that that would convince the whole world and all that. But that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is any less real to me. In fact, the Holy Spirit is real to me because I've seen the change that happened in me. And if such a thing could happen in me, then I know that it couldn't have been me. Nothing in my life at that point could have brought about this force, this change that happened and is still happening in me. I started by telling you my university experience and how I met the Holy Spirit. So I entered the University of Ibadan in 200 level through direct entry at the age of 16. So that should tell you how young and naive I was. Now, aside from being those things, I was also very selfish and confused. I was insecure and I had this notion in my head that I was not beautiful. Like I was not even relatively pretty and that makeup was one thing that I needed desperately. Like my life was incredibly disorderly. I was just confused. I got into study law and at that point, it was a very exciting thing for me, even though I never wanted to be a lawyer. All my life, I'd wanted to be something at some point. I wanted to be a doctor. Then there was time I wanted to be a reverend sister. Then there was time I wanted to be a policewoman. And things like that. You get the picture. In fact, in my secondary school yearbook, I wrote that I wanted to be a psychologist and a model. And I'm far from those things now. <laughs> so yes, I went to university to study law, of all things. And then I got in. This was my first time ever leaving home, being without my mom. I grew up with just my mom and myself. So I didn't like know what to do. I felt that it was, it was supposed to give me the freedom that I had so much desired, but I'd not built the experience or the knowledge that I needed to survive in the wide, wild place called university. So I joined different associations, hoping that maybe I would find a way to belong or to make friends because I can be very awkward <laughs> making friends and all that. I do love making friends, but as at that point, the art of making friends seemed elusive to me because for one, I was a very angry and bitter person. I didn't particularly like people. So yeah, I, I got in 
to several organizations. In fact, I decided to try a lot of new things. At that point, I decided to try sports for the very first time. In secondary school, my relationship with sports was a love-hate relationship. I loved sports, but sports seemed to hate me back. <laughs> I remember anytime I tried running in secondary school, the floor would always find a way to meet my face. Or whenever I tried playing volleyball, somehow, 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 the ball always eluded my hand. So you get the picture. Yeah. So I I was in the university and even everything about my life really showed how disoriented I was. The way I dressed, the way I spoke, the way I thought. <laughs> I remember some of my classmates used to wonder what was wrong with me. Because today I would dress up all bam, like dress like to kill and all that. And then the very next day, I'll dress like something from the dustbin or something. So I was just, yes, very, very disorganized and my life was scattered. Okay, yeah, I think I even joined Manowar. I joined Manowar because I needed some sort of, you know, organization, some sort of community. I needed like a purpose for my life, so to speak. And I thought that, hey, if anyone has purpose, it's a member of the army, right? The way they are so organized and so disciplined and all that. So maybe I should just join Manowar as a start and then maybe after this whole lot thing phases out then i'll join the navy <laughs> at that point i couldn't even swim i still can't swim i don't know what i was thinking but i i, I followed the whole manual thing through and i'd read this book in the intermission between my a-levels and my admission into the university of Ibadan called the holy spirit and his gifts written by Kenneth Hagen. It's a very wonderful book. If you find it, you should read it. It explains a lot about the person of the Holy Spirit and the gifts that he gives to the body of Christ. Right. So I read this book and then it filled me with ideas that, hey, a song called the Holy Spirit, right? And if what this guy is saying in this book is true, that means that if I can just get this Holy Spirit, I'm, 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 I'm fine. I'm, I've made it. I've blown for life. Like, I, it's not just to heal the sick. Maybe if I start healing the sick and start telling people their life stories and all that, maybe it would finally gain me the respect that I'd always wanted. Mind you, I told you I was insecure, right? So I, I decided to find the Holy Spirit when I got to the university. So in the midst of all my joining organizations, man of war, the gym, things like that, it was then that I went from, I think I must have combed every church in the University of Ibadan. I'm not even kidding. I went to almost every fellowship. I went from church to church. Anything that seemed like a Holy Ghost party, I was there because I just wanted to get slain in the spirit and probably get filled and bam, instantly I'd start healing the sick and speaking to people and all that. So I went from fellowship to fellowship and by some miracle, all the slain in the spirits never happened to me. Everyone around me would literally get slain and just be standing and looking like, okay, am I missing something? Remember there was this program I went for? <laughs> I, I sat down there and then all of my friends, literally every one of them that was there, everyone that sat around me was slain in the spirit and nothing happened to me. I was just looking like, okay, it's like as if there's something wrong with me. <laughs> Cause I don't know what is happening. It's only me that is not slain. So many thoughts came to my mind. So I went to meet the guest minister then. I, like, I ran to meet him. I don't know how I got past the protocol officers and all that. And I went to meet him like, hey, sir, everyone around me got filled with the Holy Spirit and got slain. What happened to me now? Why did you miss me? And he laughed and he was like, really? Hmm, interesting. Okay, I'm having a program tomorrow before I leave Ibadan finally. So I'd like you to come if you don't mind and we'll see what we can do. 
about getting you filled. I was so excited. In fact, I was supposed to go home that weekend, but I postponed it. My family asked me why I didn't come home. I told them like, please, this is important to my life. I'm going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is more important than coming home. Thank you. Thank you very much. You should understand. So <laughs> I got there and surprisingly, it wasn't the man of God that I had met that preached. It was someone else. And this pastor was not doing any slaying in spirit though. He just came and told us about waiting on God. How if he wanted anything, we should just wait that God would do it. And in my ears, it was just sounding like, nye, nye, nye. like really all your fellow pastors are getting full slain in spirit. You are talking about waiting. I don't understand. Is that the anointing? Is, is not there. Everything he was saying, instead of me hearing the anointing, I was hearing it as an annoying thing. So, <laughs> I just had to slide in that one. So, yes, I left there angrily. I was so angry. In fact, I was crying. Like, what kind of nonsense is this? So, this is why I may I not go home, Abby. Okay, now. So, it was from there that I said that if pastors around me could not help me, then maybe going online would help me. And then I, <laughs> I found this blog that talked about a lot of things that introduced me to the idea that there's a God, yeah, but he definitely doesn't really care. He's this universal energy that just created everything. I'm, is very, very impersonal and all that. And I started to share the idea with my friends and everyone around me. A lot of them kept telling me, like, okay, what's going on? But in my mind, I was so convinced that they were the ignorant ones and I stumbled upon some kind of light. <laughs> so, yeah, I went from, okay, there's a God but he's an impersonal one to, hmm, even if there's a God, does he have to be the God of Christianity? Does he have to be the Christian God? Does he have to be Jesus? Why not Buddha or Krishna or some other God or something? Why does he have to be the Christian God? So I went from that to, I, I just, I went from that to, really, is there a God? Like, are we sure there's a God that created humans or humans decided to create a God for themselves? Is there really any, from what I'm seeing around me, I'm not sure there's a God. In 300 level, I went to new age. Let me just put it like that. I went to deep meditations. I became a vegetarian. I took up yoga because I wanted to, you know, free my chi <laughs> and open my third eye. All those things really. Now that I'm looking back, I'm just laughing at how silly all of this was. <laughs> So yeah, I did all of those things. In 200 level, when I first came in, I, a friend of mine took me to this fellowship, the Vessels of Honor Foundation. And everything that they were doing was very contrary to what I'd known. Because these guys were wearing trousers to church. They were not tying scarf. They were dressing well. And they were always, always shouting. For what now? Like, it seemed very carnal to me. Coming from someone that was as carnal as I was, so can you imagine? But they were always loud. They were always too excited. I just thought that, hey, these guys must just be fake. So I stopped going to church permanently when I stumbled upon that blog. And I stopped doing everything that was Christian related. Of course, nobody knew at home. I stopped going to church. I started to explore my own religion. Because the blog told me that each person is supposed to have their own way of discovering this God and all that. So in 300 level, I got to room with my best friend, Efosa. Shout out to Efosa. I'm giving her a very huge hug right now. Then we were roommates and she was still attending the fellowship. So somehow I was like, you know what? Let me start attending the fellowship too. I mean, there are a lot of cool kids there. I was about to start my own makeup business. So I was like, there are a lot of cool kids here. Maybe, just maybe, huh, I can find connection. <laughs> You know, getting with the cool kids. That that had always been my mindset. Even throughout secondary school. My obsession with makeup. 
and my inability to make up my mind <laughs> were things that pushed me to wanting to fit in with the cool kids. Because I thought that if those guys could accept me, then I'm, I'm cool now. I mean, if confident people could have confidence in me, which confidence I need to have myself again? <laughs> so that, that was it. And then I started, I went back to the VHF, the Vessels of Honor Foundation that I'd abandoned. I told everyone that I was, you know, I was back in, like in the fold. I was faking my tongues because <laughs> everyone else was speaking in tongues. So how hard could it be? Is it not just to uh, mumble some words and bam, they'll believe you. So I joined a, a unit. I was an usher. I I was even in the poetry unit because, you know, one thing common to a lot of people that tend to be depressed or things like that is that they're very creative. The most creative people in the world are some of the most depressed people because there's just there's just so much inside you that you feel that no one can get. They can't get you. Even through my going to church and all that, I was obsessed with a certain type of idea. I had a friend of mine that would send me, you know, some funny music. I'm talking about like heavy metal, death metal. Yeah, things, songs like that, that would get you in the groove. Those were the songs that got me. Songs like, oh, Seven Devils Around Me. That was by Florence and the Machine. Or All My Demons Trying to Get Me and things like that. And as a result of those things, I was beginning to have terrible dreams. I was always having dreams about demons trying to get me or things around me trying to hurt me or kill me. I'd see someone and then I'd think, hey, is that not a demon behind this person? You know, things like that. And I didn't even understand that it was as a result of me practicing two religions at the same time. I was a Christian, yes, but I was still very much into my new age. I just thought I could blend them together. Besides, I wasn't a really committed Christian. I was just a churchgoer, right? So it was, I didn't know that God had it coming for me. All my going from church to church begging, like, Holy Spirit, please come now. I didn't know that I was sowing a seed that I would reap eventually. So we had this program in the University of Ibadan, Watergate. Apostle Joshua Stellman was invited. And I went there to usher as an usher in my church. And then everything that they were doing, I was just laughing in my mind. Like, look at these people. They've come again. Someone will come and fall down here now. They'll say a spirit that is slaying this one. Things like that. And I just went there basically to go and laugh at people. Like all the slay queens that they'll fall down. Slay queens being slain. Their makeup would smudge and their clothes be dirty. I just went there to laugh at them. I didn't know that God had a plan for me. So in the midst of all of this, I was saying spirit and I was very angry. Like, what's all this? What's all this nonsense? Like, why am I falling down? Why am I rolling on the floor? Why am I screaming? Like, whoever is doing this, would you stop it? So I was very angry. I, I left there angrier than I went there. Because I was like, mm-hmm. So I got slain spirit. What now? What next? So um one day, one of my friends sending songs to me and um, mistakenly sent an Apostle Joshua Selman message to me. And then one day I decided in my room, I was supposed to go for my Taekwondo training. Yes, I was doing Taekwondo too. And then I just decided to, you know, listen to music. And then somehow the songs shuffled and played that message. I was like, you know, let me just listen to what this guy has to say. And then like, I was like, I'll just spend five minutes and then listen to this guy and get going for my training. And somehow... He was speaking about the Holy Spirit. I can never forget. And then all of a sudden, I felt so convicted. I started crying and confessing all my sins. Like I felt like I was being burnt, like I was on fire and someone was burning me. And I was confessing all my sins. My roommate, Fosa, she was shocked at what was happening. But I didn't even know some of the things I was saying. And then when I got up, I realized that I'd spent four hours in one spot confessing my sins and then accepting Jesus. So I did that. And then I decided that... Okay, I'm done with this. Let me go for my Taekwondo training. I heard a voice clearly saying, why don't you spend some time with me? I was scared. 
And I was so terrified. I said rebuking in Jesus' name. Like, hey, I rebuked this voice in Jesus' name. <laughs> that was the beginning of my relationship with the Holy Spirit. So it was from there that my lifelong relationship with the Holy Spirit started. I started hearing a voice telling me what to do. I started having dreams that would literally come true. Like very intense dreams. You know, I started having experiences. I started having you know, visions, and then someone would wake me up around three every night to pray. You know, things like that. All of these things are things that people that have experienced the Holy Spirit or are filled with the Holy Spirit must have experienced at some point in their lives. So I became a committed member in church. I started attending prayer meetings. I confessed all my wrongs. <laughs> and for the first time, I actually in genuine tongues and interpreted my own tongues from there i started interpreting the tongues of other people with incredible accuracy and then i became a minister in church i became um the deputy prayer minister from there i became a pastor female associate pastor in the vessels of honor foundation throughout this period i had a lot of people come to meet me like, hey this holy spirit that they're always talking about how can i get filled with holy spirit and i would pray with them and then somehow to just always happen right before my eyes they would get filled with holy spirit and then i had a lot of people come to talk to me okay so this is what is going on in my life and most times before they came to meet me i'd have had a dream like something similar to that or, or that exact same thing and then so it would be easier for me to explain to them or to give them advice or to pray with them things like that because I like a lot of people came to meet me about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. How do I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? And then based on the fact that the Holy Spirit would teach me what to say to them, I would speak what he said to me. And then they would be like, oh, wow, thank you. I, I, how, how did I not think about that? And then they would go and apply it and get results. So that is the little experience I have with the Holy Spirit. So far, he would tell me, oh, this person is about to be in danger. Would you get up and pray for this person? Or something is going to happen to this person. Or this person is about to start this business. Or this person is about to do this. Why don't you get up and pray? So a lot of my life has been spent praying. I'm not praying as much as I'm supposed to. Or as much as I even want to. But the little bits that I pray, he answers. Because he's a good father. He tells me, oh, I want you to do this. This person doesn't have this. Could you do this for this person for me? Literally, the presence of the Holy Spirit was more tangible to me than every other thing. See, now the presence of the Holy Spirit is the biggest reality in my life. That is what defines me. If I don't hear from the Holy Spirit in a day, I can't, like, I, I can't be comfortable. Do you, do you understand? My best friend, Ephosa, is exactly like that. Like, it's not, you know, imagination. Most of these things, a lot of people call it you imagining or you making up things. Or there are a lot of things that people have termed it. But when you experience it, it is real. The Holy Spirit can tell you what is coming out in an exam. That is one of the like one of the least difficult things for him to do. He can tell you what is going to happen to you tomorrow. He can tell you, hey, don't go there. Something is going to happen. Why don't you pass here instead? He speaks to people. The Holy Spirit talks to people. And he... When you speak to him, he responds. See, that's the only way we are supposed to live life. That is the essence of what Jesus Christ did on that cross. He died. He was buried. He resurrected so we could have his spirit. 
That is how a believer is supposed to live with the spirit. See, it is so easy to walk after the flesh like I did. To live, speak, act according to how you feel or how is most convenient to you. That is living after the flesh. The Bible says that whoever does so, whoever lives after the flesh will definitely die. But if you live according to what the spirit tells you, I mean, this is the spirit of innovation. The spirit that created the entire universe and everything that is in it. So you think that it's going to be difficult for the spirit to tell you the next idea for your business or the technological advancement that will help someone or save the world or something. It is not difficult for him at all. He's just looking for people that will listen to him. It's called partnership. It's called fellowship. He's looking for people that will partner with him to bring the kingdom of God down. When the Bible says that we have eternal life, we have the life of God. That means that we have the spirit of God living on our inside. The spirit of eternity, the eternal spirit, the spirit that has no beginning and no end, living on our inside. This is the evidence of the love of Jesus for us. This is the evidence that the Father loves us because the Father sent his spirit to us. Jesus died so we could have the Holy Spirit. This is how to live on earth victoriously. Having the Holy Spirit is like the most precious thing in my life. That is what defines me. That is all that I can hold on to. Like, okay, I have the Holy Spirit. I have a hope for a future because he's not just going to leave me and just watch me leave anyhow or do certain things. There are a lot of things that I could have done, a lot of things I could have embarked on that would have cost me my life or cost more damage than good. But the Holy Spirit would warn me in advance. And then I would see this thing play right in front of me. I know that, oh my God, the Holy Spirit warned me. I could have entered this thing with my eyes wide open and it would have ended up in destruction. That is how every single person is supposed to live. So if you're listening to this and you're yet to be filled with the Holy Spirit, what are you waiting for? You're missing out on a whole lot of opportunities. You have, for one, a friend that is always, always, always with you. The Holy Spirit makes me laugh. My spoken word pieces that I write, he teaches me in my dreams and I wake up and I write them out. He makes life incredibly fun for you. For those of you looking for fun outside, you know, fun, looking for fun in fornication or looking for fun in funny things. You have the Holy Spirit. He's always with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Sometimes he might even speak to you in the bathroom. He does that. Like It's, it's so weird. <laughs> but he loves to talk to his children. If you're not, and for those that are yet to be filled with the Holy Spirit, what are you waiting for? This, these days are quite evil. Time is going. Each day spent without the Holy Spirit is, it is a day spent wasted. I'm sorry to say. I'm, okay, I'm not sorry to say. Because you're doing things based on your own limited experience, your own knowledge of what is good and what is not. And then you have the person that created every single thing, the person that knows everything, the person that can do everything, telling you what to do. Those are two options. Is that you do things by your own strength or you rely on the strength of the person that created everything. What, what would you pick really? Like it seems like a no-brainer, right? Which one would you pick? It is living according to the leading of the spirit because it might seem like, oh, it's easier to live according to your flesh. This is how I feel at the moment. I want to eat this, so I must eat it right now. Or I want to do this. I, I, I just want to catch cruise with someone, so I need to do this right now. It might seem easy to do that, yeah? But then that in the long run is going to cost you a lot. That's why a lot of people are having broken relationships. You date that person because you feel like dating that person. And then eventually it leads to destruction. The Bible says that there's a way that seems right unto man, but the end of it is destruction. And then there's the other side of doing what seems a little bit difficult now. He's telling you, I don't want you to go out and catch cruise. Don't go to that club right now. Stay with me and pray. And you're like, ah, which kind of levels be this one now? Why would he be telling me to do something that is difficult for me? But in the long run, it is life. 
Because he's doing this to preserve you. He doesn't want you to have associations with demons or with unclean things. He wants to keep you holy. That's why he's called the Holy Spirit. So if you're yet to make the choice with you, the Holy Spirit, I'd like you to make that choice now. It starts first with accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Accepting what Jesus did on that cross for you, why he died, was buried and resurrected. Accepting that he did all of these things for you. That's the beginning. That's, that's how it starts. You need to accept Jesus. Tell him, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life. Make me whole. Let me live according to how you want me to live. The Holy Spirit has been given some 2,000 years ago at Pentecost. So right now, all you just need to do is receive him. What are you waiting for, really? So yes, I just had to tell you my experience, my story. You can do this in your room, by the way. You can do this on your own. No one got me filled with the Holy Spirit. It just happened. You can do this. The Holy Spirit is ever ready to fill you. And one of the signs of being filled with the Holy Spirit is that you start speaking with new tongues. When you start having this feeling bubbling on your inside to start speaking in another language or to start opening your mouth to say things, don't, don't prevent it. Don't stop it. It's the Holy Spirit that wants to express himself through you. So subsequently on this podcast, I'll be telling you how my life has been with the Holy Spirit, things that he has taught me, how he has helped me, how I've been able to utilize my relationship with the Holy Spirit so far. And I'll also be bringing people that are equally filled with the Holy Spirit and are doing mighty things in their field. So don't think that you getting filled with the Holy Spirit now is so that you can become a pastor one day and have a ministry. That could be your assignment. Who knows? But there are a lot of things. There are seven mountains of influence. The Holy Spirit can use you in media. He can use you in the educational sector. He can use you in business. He can use you in, you know, politics. Who knows? You could be the next governor of Lagos State. He can use you in any area. So I'll be inviting people that are already doing well in these fields to speak to you about how they've utilized the Holy Spirit in their given and their chosen fields and how they've seen results. So thank you very much for listening thus far. This is the School of Wisdom podcast. And once again, my name is Olaju Mokezuri. I'd like you to follow us on School of Wisdom podcast page on Instagram. And I'd like you to subscribe on Anchor to this podcast. God bless you. Till the very next episode. Stay blessed.